Hey there, this is Jason and Paul, and we encourage you to follow us on Instagram at stateofloveandtrust underscore pod, where we can continue the conversation with you. Thanks for listening. And now, let's get to the show. Welcome, everybody, back to another edition of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast. I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi, alongside, as always, Paul Gillieri. Paul, here we are, and uh, we are we are giving thanks this week. It is, for all of our American listeners, it is the week of Thanksgiving. It's in just two days from when you are listening to this. Well, we think if you're, if you're listening to it on launch day, uh, as it is. Such is the world of VOD listening, um, mm. or I guess I guess AOD, audio on demand. Yeah, there you go. Um, anywho, so today what we're going to do is talk a little bit about uh, last week's big uh, venture into cures for EB Research show. It featured a brand new song from one Ed Vetter, um, and it had a wonderful pre-show by our friends south of the equator in Rio uh, in Black Circle. And so we're going to kind of review uh, their performance, the new Ed song, and then we'll get into um, three things that we are thankful for Pearl Jam related from 2020. We should be grateful this year. Tis the season. Tis the season. Let's focus on the positives. Um, and then we'll get into our lyric and live card of the week, uh, which is very apropos. Thanks to you. So let's kick things off, my friend. And, uh, you know, venture into cures, big initiative by the vetters. And as we well know, they befriended um, Black Circle earlier this year and asked them to do a pre-show. Mm-hmm. Now, we are not strangers to them playing live streams. They do that all the time on YouTube. They played last Friday. They played another live stream, their 12th. Right. So it was about a 45-minute gig. It was pre-taped. Um there were a couple songs omitted due to copyright reasons, which they told us about last week on that special bonus pod. Um, but the songs that they gave us were very well done. Let's just say that right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. They opened with uh, an original. Well, they opened with an original as far as the edited version is concerned. The original set list uh, had them opening with Daughter because there was a copyright issue with something within that version of the song of theirs. They opened with um, this original song. It was of the light, right? Of the light. Of the light. Thank you. Of the light. And you know what? I actually kind of liked it that it opened with, it's kind of ballsy to me to open with an original when this is like your first big showcase to a a big audience. I don't recall. Did, did Chris introduce them as a Pearl Jam cover band? I thought it was just, Great, great band from Rio, yeah, right? So might as well come in with an original song. I actually think it worked out better this way. So this way, the introduction, because for a lot of people, this was their first introduction to this wonderful band's music. And, you know, you, you just get kind of, you get Luis with that little lick, you know what I mean, for this <laughs> song. It is just perfect, man. It was, a, it was a wonderful way to kind of introduce the band to the world for many people who were watching that night. I, I very much liked that they opened with that song. Um you know, daughter could have been cool to have later on in the set list, maybe. Uh, but I, yeah, you're right. I think you hit the nail on the head. Great way to start the show. And I, and I, of course, we can't wait to watch the full edition whenever that gets posted to wherever it gets posted to. Right. Um, but it sounded great. And then going right into Quick Escape, 
which we haven't heard a live version of that yet, save for our friends in Peru. Red Mosquito, they pulled off a great version a few weeks back. They did. But you know what I found interesting here? Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. I could have, I believe on the album, there's two solos in the song. I believe Mike has one and Stone has one. Correct. Now, I believe Sergio rocked both of those. He sure did. He sure did. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, Luis, what? what? I don't know what the deal is. Why didn't they, you lobby, bro? Yeah. They always talk about how everything is equal in their band. And mm. so it's not like. Sergio said, no, this one is mine. <laughs> he's, he's like, it's not like they have a, a, you know, a stone and a mic. It's like they both right, share responsibility. Right. So I, I want to know. We got to ask them next time I talk to them. We got to ask them how they decide who does what solos. Right. Yeah. I'm like curious. it's at least like I got to do the one in in whatever or that. And Sergio's like, mm-hmm. no, I've got to do this one. That'd be interesting because yeah, he did both of them. That was interesting. He did. That was the thing that really stood out to me. Mm. Um, and the keys too. I really liked the way they integrated that whole element into oh yeah their, into the music. Their buddy uh, Wagner um, mm-hmm. did a great job of elevating those songs, and I'll, and I have got notes throughout the show just kind of pinpointing him kind of shining in the spotlight i thought in quick escape that gabriel's bass sounded really cool there's a really cool oh, it thumped i liked it he i don't know if he had a little extra dirt uh with a pedal or something like that but it just kind of it stood out more you know there was one song where i thought gabriel's bass really was highlighted well it really took the cake which we'll get to when, when you okay get a little further into that cool yeah i mean like again quick escape we but outside of Red Mosquito, we haven't heard that song played in a live context. So exactly. It was great to hear. I, I was so, full disclosure, we kind of got privy to the set list before it happened. So we kind of knew it was coming, but it was still great to hear it and to watch it happen mm-hmm. in 4K. And man, the extended outro, Sergio's solo is just all over the place. Like I said, Gabriel was just epic. It was really, really, really good. I really enjoyed that. Um, it makes me want to hear Pearl Jam do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited for it, man. Maybe they should be doing their live streams if Black Circle was doing them so well. Yeah. I mean, Wouldn't I don't know. Nice? I, I think Pearl Jam, there's something about the synergy of wanting to be on the road and connect with the fans that way. And, and uh, I, they did dance the clairvoyance. And I think that was, that was an intentional move because the way that song is built and just having Jill with the girls right. and the lights, I, I feel like that was more of kind of an atmospheric, just uh, event Whereas a song like Quick, Quick Escape, I, I think they really want us to hear them play that song for the first time when you show up and, and you're, you're you're in there, right? You know, you, you're mm-hmm. there, you're in the arena, and, and you can really feel it. I liken it to that experience that, that you and I had where um, we went to, to see them on the Lightning Bolt tour. Yes. It reminds me of when I first heard Infallible. Mm-hmm. Life and how Mike's guitar just rips through you. Oh yeah, it just doesn't come across that way in the album. So I wonder if there's something about some of these tracks for the band saying, I, "I want people to hear this from us the right way." You know? Yeah, they went from that into uh, another original pages, and it's a lovely ride. I mean, I've, I've we've heard that song played on their live streams before, but hearing it with Fred on harmonica takes it to another level. I think. Yeah, and this is the track where I felt like. Gabriel's bass mm. really, really, it was, it was just beautifully rolling across the landscape of this song. And, and it really stood out to me. I thought it was, it was an excellent compliment. Yeah. There's sometimes there's songs where you have um, uh, extra layers and, and obviously in the song, one of those layers is, is a harmonica. And I, I don't think you realize how much you miss it live until you hear it live with it. 
And you go, yeah. oh shit, yeah, that adds such another dimension to the song that was missing beforehand. And and Wagner did the same thing in in, in later songs in the in the show. Speaking of of interesting um, layers and interesting ways of doing things, how about Brain of Jay? Okay, so I have. It's not a hot take. Is it's it not a hot take? take? It's, it's maybe it is a hot take. I, I don't know, but I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go out on a limb. Mm-hmm. I honestly think that Black Circle's cover of Brain of Jay, it's it might be one of the best Pearl Jam covers I've ever heard by any band. Wow. And, and I say that because for the intro alone was beautiful. It's like, where are they going with this? And where are they going with this? And then you hear it and like, Oh wow, this is cool. It was similar to the way Mike used to kind of come into immortality during the Vitalogy tour. He had this beautiful kind of Mm. solemn lick. It felt like it was, I think it was an E minor and and then it just comes in. Right. But the harmony during the chorus is absent in the original. It's, I don't hear that. It just, I, I, there's a part of me, that almost prefers Black Circle's version of the song <laughs> over in a similar way to like, I love Lucan, but slow Lucan, there's just something so special about yeah. it and unique mm-hmm. that it's like, it's a, it's like a different song. I truly felt like Black Circle did something with that track. They, they somehow made it their own in a way that was at the same time faithful to the original. And for me, it really does rank up there as one of the greatest covers of a Pearl Jam song I've ever heard. So if you haven't listened to this, you have got to jump on to YouTube and you have to find their cover of Brain of Jay because it will blow your mind. Yeah, it really was awesome. And, you know, it's, you hear the intro, like you said, didn't really know where it was going. And then, then they start playing this other part and like, wait a minute, that sounds familiar. Wait, I know this. And it's like the bridge section, but it's really slowed down. And something I didn't notice watching it the first time around that I noticed the second time watching it was in the bridge. And at the very end, uh, Lenny says, yeah, keep your masks on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> How about that and the, 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 the double chorus. I mean, the whole thing was just fantastic. Such I absolutely love it. Such a good rendition it. of that. Yeah. Uh, I want a copy of that, man. Like I, I will listen to that in the car them. on the way to work yeah. next week. You know? Never thought I would came next. Really powerful vibe to it. You could tell Lenny was really channeling his father in this one, looking up to the sky during parts and somewhat nervously standing with his hands in his pockets. You know, it was, you could tell that this was a, a, a different rendition of the song. They've played that song live at probably a dozen times, if not more. But the fact that this was a, a big audience, that a ton of people were going to be saying this, you could tell it was a similar so a little something extra in this, in this one, I think. Yeah, and I wonder if for, for Lenny, there was a moment where he, he was thinking to himself, I never thought I would be here doing what I'm doing mm. right now. You know what I mean? Playing at an Eddie and Jill Vetter benefit for a wonderful, beautiful cause and, and at, at their request, you know what I mean? Their invitation. I mean, the whole thing was just really, really well done. And, and punctuated by the really well done vocal harmony at the end on the outro yeah. section. Just really, really good. And the way that this fed into Black was fantastic. And I got to say, I think it's probably my favorite Pearl Jam song that they do. They absolutely murder this song. Lenny is outstanding. Nick and Gabriel backing vocals were spot on. Again, Wagner, a welcome addition, sends this version over the top as far as I'm concerned. I haven't mentioned Louise very much yet, but 
it's because it's like he's been here before. He's just in the pocket, cool as a cucumber, so effortless. And Sergio just willing notes out of the guitar during the solo. My God, dude, this it felt like how Hendrix sometimes would just will notes out of the guitar, even though they weren't meant to be there. He just yeah. made the solo happen. It was so good. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, you know, this is my favorite Pearl Jam. Song. I do. So I, I am, I'm a tough critic, bro, when it comes to a cover mm-hmm. of Black. And uh, every once in a while, somebody comes along and really nails it. And it, like I, I had mentioned to our listeners, Finding Kate, her version of Black, I thought it's just, just yeah. hauntingly, it's stunning. But I, with, with these guys bring to it, they, they give you a chance to, to kind of relive what it sounded like to hear this song in 93 mm-hmm. or 92, because, you know, and Eddie is on record as saying this, you know, it, it, it's a hard song for him to sing. And we talked about this as one of our uh, evolution segments where really Mike's guitar has kind of become for that song, what Eddie's voice used to be. And to hear black circle play it, you, you really kind of, you, you get that perfect symmetry, that balance of, of all these instruments coming together and kind of coalescing into this, this amazing, beautiful ballad. Not that it isn't anymore, because it still is. It's just a different kind of song now. And so I really appreciate the fact that they're, they're kind of able to bring something that, that we don't really get with that song live anymore. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think the, the uh, We Belong Together tag was sung with the emotion that it was meant to be sung with. Yeah, and it's funny because that's that's the kind of thing where you can see Eddie saying, you know, to Lenny, "How do you know that pain?" Right? I mean, that's that because yeah, it, just, you got to feel that. You yeah. know, it's got to come from somewhere. Yeah. Um, I I love going from there to another original in "Drive Home in the Rain." Um, we mentioned in our Mercury episode with them, feels mm-hmm. like forever ago, but only probably a couple months ago that um. We thought this was the new black. It's it's. And, I love the ending of this song. Just yeah. all the vocals and the layering. It, it's a beautiful ballad in its own right. Um, very powerful song. It's just, that, it, it goes another level when the second half of the song, much like Black. Yeah, it does. It's got it. It's got more of a sirens vibe to me. Just it, it's like Black does sirens. Kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's it's weird. There's just something about. Um, kind of the, the harmonizing and the, and the vocal layering at the end that, that kind of reminds me a lot. Of yeah, just yeah, called, yeah. You know what I mean? I hear that. So from there, another another original, Disarray. Such a beautiful song, a great vocal melody. I love watching Sergio mouth the words along yeah, with his fun. eyes closed yeah, for some of these songs, especially this one. And good. You want to talk cool as a cat, man. Um, you watch Nick drum. It's funny, when we talk to Nick, he's just, he's super just, He's chill, chill, you know what I mean? He's, I, I don't think he ever like sits up straight or talk, he looks like he's in a hammock every time <laughs> we talk to him. <laughs> and, and I swear, like, he's drumming and he's somehow able to drum with this passion, but at the same time, stay so contained within himself. It's really impressive, actually. But uh, I'm listening to this song and Lenny's guttural, visceral scream at the end of this song. Oh, yeah, dude, it left it that chills it actually gave me chills i mean and the way his voice just hangs there in that empty room like that it was it, uh, to me it was actually one of the highlights of the show it felt like he held it for just like a second or two longer than the album yeah it, it's, it's actually one of the notes I, I put here so i'm glad that you said it because it just it that was super powerful definitely a highlight so. was that moment 
And I mean, how do you how do you not close with a live? And they do it very very well. Um, now this one, Jason, I have to tell you, I I swear to God, man, they sound exactly like the band in this song. Like there is not a distinct difference in any way, shape, or form. Like with all the other tracks, you'll hear a little thing here, something in the way Luis or Sergio plays, or, or the way Lenny sings a certain line. You'll say, "Oh, okay, that that that's Black Circle," but with this particular track. I literally felt like I was listening to an actual Pearl Jam bootleg from the, the early to mid nineties. I mean, they hit every single octave. They hit every single note. I mean, it, it's uncanny how they were able to replicate this. Well, it's funny you say that because to me, it's like this song, these guys could play in their sleep, but have fun doing it in the process. If it's probably one of the songs, if not the most played song by them and probably many, many, many tribute bands. Sure. Of Pearl Jam. But it feels like they've played it a thousand times, but still have fun playing it because yeah. it comes across like, like there's no, like the back of their hand. And I, I really love that Nick relished the ending of that song. Just like yeah. just the fills to close out that song. He's like, oh, I had a couple more fills to play. Okay. Now when the song, it's like, <laughs> Enjoy that, my friend. Enjoy that. You should. Yeah. You should, Nick. What I loved about this show in general, though, is that the comment section. How often can you say that the comment section of something online is a highlight of anything? Not normally, that's that's something I intentionally tune out. That is a dumpster fire wrapped in a train wreck <laughs> wrapped in a... Like, so many people... Unmitigated say, disaster. <laughs> I just blew up my microphone. Yeah, but not so this many, time. So many things were said like, oh my God, this band, I'm a fan now, et cetera, et cetera. You had Jill commenting throughout too, which was so great. It's so cool that she's such a huge supporter of these guys. And just just really, what a display. I'm just really happy for these guys. And the exposure this gets them is well-earned and, and well-deserved. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I want to encourage everybody listening once again, go, go pick up this album. Man, I, it, it's... It's a really solid album all the way through. And uh, it, it's like I told you in the past, Jason, that there's something cool in the sense that it, it's its own original thing. And yet at the same time, it's almost like in an alternate universe, Pearl Jam went and did like this, this album that we've never heard of before. It, well, it's, it's a wild experience. It, it's wild how well these songs fit in with the Pearl Jam songs. And if you, if you go to the live streams, they play for like two and a half, three hours, by the way, guys. They play a long time. They get, you get your money's worth. The songs fit in so well. And you would say, you might say, okay, well, it's a Pearl Jam tribute band. Of course, they're going to be influenced. Well, yeah, but sure. But when you talk to the guys about these songs, you know, Nick's talking about, you know, this beat came from Mastodon. And Lenny's like, oh, yeah, we were thinking about Silverchair's Diorama album when we came up with those vocal melodies. It's like they have yeah. so many influences. You, you hear a lot of those things. Yeah. You, yeah. And what I think is cool about it is you listen to a Pearl Jam interview and they're referencing The Who and The Ramones and, you know, Neil Young and, and Zeppelin and all these different types of things as, as far as references and how, how their music kind of comes to be and, and, and evolves. But with Black Circle, there's a whole vast, wide widely different 
array of musical influences and that stuff gets into the music and that's why i said it's like it's almost like this alternate universe where there's a very different pearl jam making an album and you get to hear this wonderful new fresh unique sound from from a band that reminds you of pearl jam but yet at the same time stands wonderfully beautifully tall on its own legs absolutely and um you know, like I said, they're going to have, um, or I haven't said it yet, but they did have another uh, live stream this past Friday, another mm-hmm. another two and a half, three hour show. Their next That's... live stream will be December 12th. So go ahead and hit them up on social media, send in the nation and get a song request in. Um, I have told Sergio that I want uh, Faithful and Dissident, please. So that would be oh. great. Um, Should yeah. I be the guy that asks for sleight of hand? <laughs> no one in their right mind should request that song. I would. <laughs> okay. okay. Right. I said I, right I, mind. I, I want the keys on the, I want to hear that atmosphere that we right. never get live. Okay. I don't know, man. Don't okay. know. Leave me alone, Jason. Let's move on. <laughs> Our favorite uh, front man, Eddie Vedder, also part of the EB research, obviously. And mm-hmm. he had a new song called matter of time. I want to hear your take on this. I really liked it. Um, I hear shades of a, a lot of Springsteen and Elton John in this track, man. I'm listening mm. to it and you just, you get Eddie on a, a beautiful video, by the way, for anybody who, mm-hmm. who's listening, who hasn't seen, go, go check out the actual video because it's a, a very poetic animated video that really um, captures the, the tragic fragility of what these, these beautiful young children go through and, and, and how, their ability to rise above that is, is truly astounding. But back to the song here. I mean, I hear like shades of my city of ruins, candle in the wind. There's something about this, these influences that really come through in the song. And um, I'm not saying this is going to be Eddie Vedder's Imagine or anything like that, but, but I am saying that I really think this song is going to, to continue to kind of stick around in the Pearl Jam community in a way that for some people better days has I, I don't know why but there's just something about this track that really feels very sustaining and i wouldn't be surprised if we actually hear this at at, at some shows in the future um if they ever get a piano out there i mean boom's there why not you know so yeah i mean for first time as jill mentioned on the live q a from last week um that Ed has written, performed a song solely on piano. I know that's, it was so refreshing. This you get, I mean, that's, that's wild to me that we have never heard of. I mean, I guess he never knew how to play it until. Well, years. I mean, it, uh, how many, how many fans can say that their favorite band, like you're going to get a ukulele and uh, a piano and, and you're going to get them on this. And, and what the hell I'm is bored. he playing on river cross? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's whatever they can get their hand. It's, it's really, really impressive. And we're going to hear a kazoo song before long. We, get we the are. accordion yeah. from bugs. <laughs> <laughs> we exactly forgot we're the have a slide whistle. My God. You know? Oh, but speaking I mean, of that, the slide guitar from Sergio, how did I not mention this before? Oh, on pages, yeah. Oh, dude, that was also a highlight of that track. I mean, that was, yeah, he had a little Greg Allman in him. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Sergio. He loves that, man. Mm. Uh, all, by the way, he also did play that uh, on their Friday live stream on Rats, and it sounded fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, I got to say, Ed is pretty damn good on the, on the he, piano. Who he is? is very impressive. I know it's now I'm kind of thinking, dude, like roll that sucker out next time you go full in LA. Why not, man? I don't know. I mean, I, I fully expect to hear more of this in future music, man. I think so. I mean, it, I, I was hoping that 
this song wouldn't be obviously about EB if only so that okay it stands. That, well, hold on, but only because I don't. I want it to stand the test of time. So if you have something that's very obviously EB focused, then you know at some point there will be a cure and EB will no longer be a thing. It's like writing a song about polio, 1945. <laughs> no. But I'm saying the the point is, is that he's able to write about EB, but at the same time, you can take these lyrics and apply them to a lot of other things so they stand up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I do. I do. I, I think they're more think- timeless than, than like the other song, the Come Say Hi song was very much focused in. It's like oh, that, was, that was one, right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I, look, that's about I, a, a kid with EB. But this song is still about overcoming a struggle. You know, no, what I mean? no, no. Like that's what the point. struggle it is. It's, it's not point. like he, I don't think he ever says EB in the track. You know what I mean? So I, no, but like there's mentions of bandages and, and right. So but the, if I heard this song in 20 years and had never heard of EB, uh, those bandages could be, you know, metaphorical no, symbols. You're of making my point band. for me. I'm right, saying yeah. I'm happy that it wasn't, it wasn't like another come say hi, where it was so uh, directly about EB that it was right. more, it was a song that could, that was so poetic that it could apply to many things. So I'm happy about that. As I'm saying, yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, lines like I'm going to read some couple lines here that are just really exquisite and very much needed right now were mm-hmm. navigate, come find a way our differences be damned so much space between us in the distance of our hands. Yeah. It's beautiful. That's brilliant writing. It re- well, he's really come into his own in the last 10, 15 years as a songwriter I mean, and a we- lyricist. We talked about last week on, on our top five Ed written Pearl Jam songs, how he, he for us usually shines as a storyteller, mm-hmm. but some of these poetic songs are so damn good. And this is a great example of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, the main piano line resolves nicely the first bar and ends somewhat predictably, maybe a little cheesy in the second bar, but I can kind of forgive it because the rest of the song and the lyrics are just so damn good and they right. kind of fit that vibe. And, and I also like how the tone changes after the second chorus to this really uplifting piano line. It kind yeah. of reminds me of something from Ben Folds in a way. Yeah, interesting. It kind of bounces along. The rhythm, the rhythm takes um, one last change from the bouncing positive vibe that I mentioned to a more subdued meter. It feels more like a we've done it. We've beaten this thing together kind of thing. It's kind of, I don't know, more mellow, I guess maybe, but mm-hmm. overall a very lovely song. Um, it's very Ed. And I like, especially for his first song of piano, he's got three obvious movements in the song. It's very symphonic. And I like that. It's kind of the, symphonic, but wrapped in a pop song attitude, four and a half minutes long. Really enjoyed it. I, I, I'm curious. You mentioned, you know, hearing this um, live elsewhere during a Pearl Jam show in the future. I wonder if we would get a full band version of this, kind of how they did it sleeping by myself on Lightning Bolt. Mm. I, you know, between you and me and whoever's listening to this, uh, I don't think they need to, but no, I, but you no, know, here's the thing I almost wish this song ended Gigaton. Mm. I like this song more than River Cross, and which is funny. I do too. There's a lot of folks that swear by River Cross. This brought yeah. them to tears, and they mm-hmm. think it's the, one of the best things Pearl Jam's ever done. 
I mean, no disrespect. It, it, it's a well-written song, and I, I, I think Ed's ingenuity really shines on the track. But there's just something really unique about this track. I, I think it would have been a, a wonderful way to end the album. Obviously, he probably wrote it more through this experience without Gigaton in mind. I mean, I right. don't think it was composed even during those sessions necessarily. But I mean, I, I feel like it's probably been written over the past few months. Uh, I want to say like 2016 is when this whole partnership with, with Jill and, and, um, you think maybe the, maybe the piano parts have been sitting around since then. I don't know when he composed it. I mean, I don't know if he composed it specifically for this benefit. Like maybe the genesis of this idea came across a few months ago and Mm. and he was like, I'm going to write a song or, or if he's been sitting on this for years, I, I really don't know. But, um, it's it's a great track man it really is and it's it's refreshing and i think that's the thing that stands out most to me is 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 that yeah and you've you've hit it right there because as nice as a song as come say hi is it feels like ed's done that song before whereas matter of time felt new it felt Mm -hmm. um refreshing not just because it's a new instrument for him but like i said there there was movements to it that i hadn't heard in a while from a net song um actually uh, whoever said has a similar movement vibe for me, at least. Yeah, we we we, we talked about that when so, the album first came out. Yeah, um, to put a button on this, um, what a great show and a great cause. And uh, as of this recording, they've raised over one point eight million dollars for this. So hopefully, they can knock this that's, fucking that's disease the goddamn curb um, very soon. Yep. All right. Um, more things to be thankful for, not just that $1.8 million, but uh, how about let's just talk about this year. We've only had a podcast for six months, Paul, but we know what? We've we've been fans of the band for, for many, many years. And this mm-hmm. year in particular, let's let's use the American Thanksgiving week. For everybody outside of America, you're like, what the hell are they talking about? Well, it's Thanksgiving. Our Canadian friends know what's going on. They, they did this two months ago. Yeah. But um, what are we thankful for? Well, there's three things I'm thankful for. I'm going to start with Pearl Jam's um, activism. I felt like this was a year where, especially with COVID and, and you know, the, the inability to really rally folks in a way that you could under normal circumstances, I really appreciated the way that Pearl Jam kind of tried to, to, to get the vote out. Um, I thought that that really mattered, that the band didn't lose their roots that they didn't use COVID as an excuse to, to, to not push and, and to not try and spread awareness and, and, and encourage people to go exercise their rights. So I, I appreciated their leadership and I appreciated, and I'm grateful for the way in which they went about doing it. Now, granted the whole riding for Biden thing, all that kind of stuff. I completely get it. You know, if yeah. you're a conservative Pearl Jam fan, you're like, dude, can you guys just make music and stop being so partisan? But at the same time, um, I also respect the fact that they, they they tried to promote political discourse at a time where it was extremely charged, and quite frankly, the discussions needed to happen. Yeah, and and it got so charged that it actually brought Ed into the social media age, and he made an Instagram account in his first like right. post all about voting. In there the you go, man. So some some <laughs> hey, yeah. So there you go. Um, I guess my first thing here is going to be a pretty obvious one, but a new album. Yeah. Um, seven years later from Lightning Bolt, we get a new album. And hey, it's pretty damn good. Yeah. We did our review over two shows back in the spring. And after eight months, I think my review has stayed the same. Um, As is mine. It's been 
great to hear the songs in a live context, if only from tribute bands like Black Circle and Red Mosquito. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a new album means that the band is still together, still making music, still inspired. This is great. Yes. We talked about them having these side projects and getting out, you know, everyone's doing something, but I feel like it keeps the fire burning so that when they come back around to Pearl Jam, they're like, fuck, I got this great idea that they can't me. And, and they're still brothers that want to make music and we're still getting it. It's been a long time, which sucks, but we're still getting it. And a lot of people can't say that about their favorite band. I completely agree. What do you got? Number two for me is um, the, the courage to experiment. I'm grateful for songs like Dance of the Clairvoyance, mm-hmm. for songs like Matter of Fact. I'm grateful to hear Pearl Jam. Matter of Time. In, 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 yeah, Matter of Time. Thank you. Um, I'm grateful for their ability to always push the boundaries, to be ambitious. I'm grateful for these types of tracks because it allows me to hear the band in a new way. I can't tell you how many bands there are that have been around since the 80s, in some cases the 70s, and they put out new music and it just feels like this regurgitated, recycled, you know, cliche, antiquated version of what they used to be. And it's almost like lip service that they're paying to a bygone era. And people are arguing that about some of the most recent albums, but obviously they're not, they're not that. No, they're, they're not, you know? And, and I think that's what keeps my love of the band so fresh is that they're not trying to just recycle 10 verses and vitology all the time. I mean, I love hearing songs like unthought known and the end and yes, even sleight of hand, you know what I'm saying? It's, there's just, this ability that the band has to constantly reinvent themselves, not entirely like they don't go full Madonna or share where it's just like this new entity, uh, but that they're able to kind of sprinkle these moments throughout every couple of years. And it keeps them fresh. And, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, I think in the wake of canceled tours and quarantines, uh, et cetera, it's been great to see so many bands finding ways to remain connected, be it new music, live streams, drive-in shows, Q and A's. So I guess this is kind of Pearl Jam adjacent because, you know, so many bands have done this stuff. It's almost hard to keep up. I mean, two weeks ago on a Saturday, I watched three live streams in one day. Metallica did one. Lenny from Black Circle did one. And Foo Fighters did one. My, my, my day was sorted from 2 p.m. on. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's it's held the revivalists did one last Thursday, Black Circle just did one, like I said, and the EB Research show. Red Mosquito had theirs a few weeks ago. It's bands are doing what they need to do to stay alive. They obviously the smaller ones. Um bands like the Foo Fighters are doing it to keep the Roxy open and keep the Troubadour open. Yeah. Um Metallica did it for their all within my hands foundation. So they're they're giving money out to food banks and you know, it's even though we're all aching to get out and do normal things again, bands are finding ways to try and stay connected, um, using technology for good. Um, and I guess on top of reconnecting with fans, it also allows the band to kind of reconnect with themselves and their families. 
which then allows them to be re-inspired and reinvigorated and they're writing and we we should have an amazing amount of new music next year between stuff created during covid and albums that were postponed because of it like weezers so you have to look at the positives during a pandemic and to mentally make your way through this and i think that a lot of these bands have done a really good job of keeping us kind of mentally healthy musically and in the limited ways that they can. So I'm grateful that people are finding a way to make music still a thing in our lives. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. What's your, uh, what's your last thing here? Yeah, uh, it's gigaton. I mean, it's the first album we've had since what, 2013, I think. Mm-hmm. So how could that not be the thing I'm most grateful for? I mean, I've been clamoring for one. You've been clamoring. <laughs> we've all been waiting and, uh, and, kudos to the band they, they delivered something pretty cool and i'm hoping you know that all these little masterpieces stone talks about come <laughs> comes out again soon you know i mean I, I, I it's it's funny you know when you get something that you wait long enough for it's amazing how greedy it makes you and Amen. it's like i got the album and immediately all i was thinking about was more more <laughs> and i appreciate like when whenever we hear the song like like get it back or or matter of time i mean there's there's something to look forward to, including these side projects that Jeff's got one, Stone's got one. And it's just cool to keep hearing the guys make new music. And, and Gigaton for me um, was a very, very, um, I don't want to say it was a pleasant surprise because it's not like I had low expectations. I didn't. My expectations were high, but I didn't know what to expect. And I was pleasantly surprised that the band was able to merge their experimentation with some of the kinds of rock and roll that they do so well. And it, to me, it's a stronger album, I think than lightning bolt and probably stronger than backspacer as well. I think uh, I'm already starting to feel that way. The more and more I listen to it, we'll see, you know, but uh, just the sheer fact that I'm listening to it and I'm, I'm already feeling that way that it, it, it's for sure as good as the last two, if not better, uh, automatically is something I'm, I'm grateful for that they didn't just release music, but they released really good music. Well, and it makes me want to hear those songs live. Like it's a, you might hear backspacer and I was like, okay, this is cool. I'm, I'm into most of this cause I'm a Pearl Jam fan and it's hard for me not to like a Pearl Jam song. But you know, when, when the tour came and they played one of those songs, I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. But I wasn't going there to, I, when they, when they come and do, when they finally come and, do a gigaton tour. I am looking forward to hearing just about all these songs live. Yeah, me too. Cause I'm thinking like, how are they going to do this song live? And, and part of that comes from the fact that there's so many different new layers that we haven't heard in a Pearl Jam record before. Mm-hmm. And but they like, just go balls to the wall on some of these tracks as well. Yeah. So all those things make for, make for a very interesting 2021 and, and, a concert experience that um that is going to be I think really great. Um, my number one thing um has to be this show and the community we've entered into. Yeah, it is well been, said. Thank you. It has been very fun each week to do this, talking about our favorite band with you, meeting new people out there who listen to our show, conversing with them on on Facebook or Instagram, and meeting the guys in these tribute bands, making new friends. I mean, I continuously speak to most of these tribute bands in some capacity, even now. We've befriended some of them. 
uh, some of the other uh, PJ pods. I mean, we're doing live on four legs is secret Santa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's been really rewarding over just these six months that we've been doing this. And as 2020 draws to a close, thank God, it means that 2021 should be tremendous on this front. So I take stock of the last six months of, of this show and all the people we've met and made friends with along the way and say, fuck, let's do six more months and six more months and six more months because it's all looking up, my friend. It's all looking up. Well said, my man. You know, I, I thought about saying that I was grateful for this podcast too. And I was going to say I was grateful for you, but then I thought you were going to mock me for being cheesy. So screw you, you slice of Munster. Jason has a heart. How about that? He does. Oh, let's go to our lyric of the week. And our lyric of the week, Paul, comes from Yield. And it comes from a song that feels very apropos right now. Faithful. faithful it's a one of my favorite songs i feel possibly my favorite wow and i've talked about it before being a mountain of a song it kind of goes up hits this lovely summit and then kind of comes back down the other side symmetrically or almost symmetrically um may i go first please the greater message of this song is to me about how people look out to others and especially those in their religion and ultimately God for answers, for love, for recognition. Uh, Ed seems to argue that many ultimately find that those questions, requests, and love goes unanswered and unrequited. We should then focus on what and who we have in front of us. Be grateful, kind, loving. As Ed writes, darling, and ultimately faithful to and for that, that that will suit us, satiate us in our human quest for companionship and contentment. What do you think? I agree. Um, you know, this, this song here, I believe, has been often referenced as Pearl Jam's homage to their own fans. Mm. Um, almost the, like the band's way of... of saying how grateful they are for, for everybody who continues to come out and support them and, and who, who chants and sings these lyrics back at them and, and nods their head and jumps up and down and rocks with them at every show. And so to me, whenever I hear the song, like lyrically there's, there's this powerful thing going on, but in a similar way, you see a song like alive and, you know, you think about what that song is actually about, but then you go to a show and you see the fans at the end of that song, I'm still alive. And it, it really has become like a calling card for the band and their fans. And I think for, for me, Faithful is, is like that. You know, it really is kind of a love letter musically and um, thematically to, to this wonderful community that we're all a privilege to be a part of. Yep. Um, well, let's go find out the uh, best live version of this song in our live cut of the week. 
live card of the week. Paul, obviously we're going back to the uh, the late 90s. Where and when exactly? Well, I mean, we just had an election, so let's go to D.C. Oh, where, right, sir. Where voters have chosen. So they how have. about the voters for choice benefit? Huh? I love it. Yeah, we should do that. It's a great, great set. It's an awesome quality. That I mean, it is awesome quality, and obviously, it's it's the third vault release. So, probably most of the people listening to this have this, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, they they do a, a great version of Faithful. It's really really profound. Um, just everything from the sound quality, the energy, the the, the clarity in the um, the mix. It's just engineered beautifully i thought i thought matt cameron on the track not jack matt cameron that's another big reason why um not that i mean look it it is irons on the album right but i feel like this album was really the beginning of what matt becomes to this band and so to have matt on there i thought was pretty cool as well so yeah i mean it's it's just a fantastic version of the song and i mean you'll be hard pressed to find a better version that sounds better cool september 19th 1998, Washington, D.C.
98 times, Paul. Mm -hmm. I've seen it five times. How yeah. You? you know, man, I, I don't have the Pearl Jam stat tracker Come on, on right now. I should. What are we doing here? I don't know, man. That's amateur hour, Paul. <laughs> hey, look, I'll say this, though, about this version, right? So they did push me, pull me right before this, I think. Yes, they did. And I, I think they, not that they butchered it. It's like probably the only version of push me, pull me you'll find that sounds like sound quality, at least. It's not like a C based on most of the bootlegs that were out there at the time. But what's, what's interesting is right, right before they play Faithful, because they weren't happy with the way they did Push Me, Pull Me, it says, this one will do better. And, and they did. It's and the best did. version of the song. So there you go. <laughs> it's a little bit slower than the record. And I really focused in on uh, Jeff's pounding staccato bass line. It kind of hits you right in the chest. I really uh -huh. like that. And funny enough, uh, after this song, if you had, well, if I had kept on playing the song for you, but I didn't, and you can listen to this on your own on that, on that bootleg, uh, Ed reads a sign passed up to him from the crowd, but instead of actually reading it, he makes up what's on it and says it's from the Clintons. And, uh, obviously this is right around the time that the whole Ken Starr, Monica Lewinsky thing was going mm -hmm. down. And, uh, it, it was, it was a little weird, <laughs> And so after after he reads this fake like hey welcome to DC have a good time blah 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 uh, he Ed tries to make a speech about congressional infighting only to be constantly interrupted by fans telling him they love him <laughs> just <a little> strange <laughs> before they go into present tense but a lively show a great set list and a great version of faithful so um, can't go wrong with that and it kind of fits the bill for the uh, the times we're living in here um, yeah that's what I got for that one. What do you got? You got anything from, uh, from, from, from a fan, perhaps? I do, actually. We received a, a lovely letter, actually, this week from, from a listener in France. I'm, I have to apologize because I know I'm going to butcher your name. Butcher. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher like the heathen that I am. So I apologize in advance. I believe that it's Aruli Moro. I believe I said that properly. I'm sure I did not because, you know, I just didn't. I mean, I'm, I'm also the same guy that was calling it Melbourne, right? Okay. <laughs> Melbourne. Anyway. Um, so, you know, he sent us this, this great letter and uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I do want to share just a couple of, couple of highlights. Uh, you know, he reaches out. It's funny. He says, disclaimer, this message might contain English mistakes or weird <laughs> sentences. Dear Jason and Paul, uh, he says, I, he says he's been listening to the podcast since the day we released the first episode and he wanted to properly thank us for releasing a great podcast filled with interesting takes and quality material, which I thought was, thank was you. very, very kind. Yeah. Uh, when he first heard there was a new Pearl Jam podcast, uh, his first feeling was that um, it was going to be hard to propose something new and, and different, that it would be really challenging to do that. And he felt that, he was wrong that we were actually able to do that. And, and, and to that, I, I attribute that honestly to, 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 to the wonderful friendship, Jason, that we have, that I am grateful for. I think that, you know, when you're friends, as long as you and I have been, and you share a love of a band, like we do, this has been something we've been talking about for a long time that it just organically grew in the best of ways. And, uh, you know, 
he goes on to say that we we've got these 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 takes on Pearl Jam. He likes the the format and whatnot. But here's the thing that really stood out to me. Um, well, first of all, I should also mention that you know special call out. He, he mentions Randy Matt John from Live on Four Legs and uh, you know the folks over at Better Band and and whatnot. And so I just wanted to say that we're very happy to be part of this. Well, community. when he talks about having a tough time, you know, breaking through and finding something new and, and good, it's because band, uh, bands it's because podcasts like Brendan's over at mm-hmm. Better, like Band and, Better Band and, and Randy um, and the guys over at Into Deep, I think Carlos um, is one of the two guys there. Mm-hmm. Um, they put out quality material. So they you got to kind of raise your game. You do. And, and we knew that. And so we kind of wanted to come at it from, from a, our own angle. And what I thought was great was how he, he says that he doesn't have any Pearl Jam fans around him, but anytime that he goes to a Pearl Jam concert, he immediately befriends fans from all over the world. And he's found this sense of camaraderie in our episodes. And that just, again, brings it back to some of the points you made about faithful and some of the things that we're grateful for about being part of this community. And so I thought that that would be kind of a, a nice note for, for at least me to end on in terms of what I had to contribute today. And I'm grateful for, for you, Arulian Moreau. Sorry again for, for screwing up your name there, buddy. But I, uh, I thank you too. Uh, I'm not going to try to say your name cause I'm going to mess it up, but um, we hope that the North of France is doing well for you. And uh, Paul's just happy that he has now equaled my schmaltz for the show. <laughs> <laughs> so we will leave it there and we will be back with you next week with another episode and we'll think of something good because that's how we that's will. how we do it. You know, that's how we do it. So until next week, when it's December, my goodness, uh, you've been listening to the state of love and trust. Yeah.